You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! I like that part. I came up with that. Actually, I came up with the whole the whole intro. You know, that's how I do. I did steal steal the the melody for something. I'm not, I'm not gonna tell you guys though. Well, not the action. Steal the melody. I stole the chord progression. All right, something X Man related. So that's a little little hint there. Hello, welcome to the X Man podcast. I'm your host, Doc Coyle. Believe it or not, I haven't been replaced yet. I don't think that'll happen anytime soon. It's a uh, it's a job no one wants, unfortunately, but it's all right. I'm I'm well. Besides me, I think I'm the only one that that wants it, and I'll take it. You know what? You're hired. Thank you. Me. <laughs> I hope this isn't sign. I'm losing it. No, I think I'm just I'm drunk on uh, key lime Lacroix, or as I call it, the Cruxes, um, because I'm from the hood. I'm from the streets. That's how we talk out here. And, uh, yeah, the key lime is hard to get, y'all. And if you haven't had it, get that shit, all right? Shit tastes like Skittles, but ain't no sugar in it. So I don't even like Skittles, but, you know, I, li- I like the key lime, LaCroix. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Here to talk about rock and roll. Here to talk about uh, making it. Here to talk about uh, things going wrong, you know. Um, anyway, I'm leaving in a few days for European tour and getting my bearings I've actually gotten a chance to work on some new music for the new Bad Wolves record. Uh, but other guys are working on some stuff, and it's it's fucking ridiculous. It's going to be a monster new record. Even though the, the new record just came out, we're already working on the next record. So I'm, I'm really pumped on that. Uh, you know, haven't gotten as much done as I'd like to since I've been home. But you know what? Sometimes, you know, you need a little bit dose of fuck it. You know, so I've been, I've been having a little bit of fuck it. Uh been watching, catching up on, on some shows. I went to the movies. I saw this new Michael Moore movie, um, Fahrenheit 11.9, you know, which is sometimes just fun. You know, you want to go. I was like, all right, we're going to go hate Trump together. Yeah, go on. Uh, you know, I, I told my girlfriend, you, you want to go to a Trump hate movie? And she's like, yeah, but no. And so, uh, <laughs> which I'm, I'm just making fun. It's, it's you know, these, it's, it's interesting because I remember uh, seeing his films when I was younger and read one of his books and, you know, and I leaned very left, you know, when I was younger, cause you don't, you don't know, you're kind of developing and learning. Um, and the movie's all right. It's, you know, he, he knows how to, how to drive a point home. You know, it's, you know, you can kind of look at his propaganda 
or just, you know, making a, a case for something and kind of, and I guess the medium of film allows you to kind of manipulate uh, people's emotions. You know, like there's this kind of section in the film where they kind of use the Nazis as a uh, comparative force of, of in, in history. And I, it's, I, I have a tough time with that, with those comparisons, because it's, you know, I think when it comes to politics and kind of the outrage culture, we've all become the boy crying wolf. You know, everything that happened, every legislation, every uh, person voted in, it becomes like, is this the thing that's going to break the, uh, the camel's back as far as the end of democracy or the end of freedom or the, you have it. Um, and the hardest thing is figuring out what the actual reality, right? Are we overreacting or are we applying the proper sense of fear um, or worry about things? I think that's the most difficult thing about this this time. And as I've gotten older, as I've gotten a little busier in my life, I've kind of, I'd say in a sense, learned to kind of tune things out. And I can't tell if that's good or bad. And it, and, it, and it made me actually, while watching this film, think about as how I've become kind of more of a centrist as I've gotten older. And within that, in my lifetime, we've seen this big advance towards the extremes, the far left and the, and the far right. And watching this movie, and, and one thing I, I liked about the film is it really focused on um, Michael Moore's hometown of Flint, and all the issues that have gone on there with a really shitty governor and the, the corrupt nature of what was going on there and, and the water crisis. And just, you know, if anyone's taken it on the chin in America, um, Flint, Michigan is about as has had about as rough as anyone, you know. So so it's, it's so difficult not to empathize and sympathize with the plight of uh, the people there. That's what I kind of like about Michael Moore is that I think at his heart, he's actually a populist. Um, but um, with that, it kind of made me like look at it, and I think I had a revelation about extremism and kind of centrism in that you, you guys, I don't know if you've heard of the horseshoe theory, and this is the idea that once you get to the far ends of every spectrum politically, that they actually start to kind of meet in the middle. And what it made me think about was that actually the extremes, the far left and far right, if you probably look at all their core issues there there's a hint there's a lot of that they're right about you know their grievances like if you if you really went out there looking you know for the problems right if you picked up all the rocks and saw the bugs and the dirt and the filth you're going to find the corruption you're going to find the flaws in the system that make it unjust and it's going to make you fucking angry right and that, and that tends to, and that will say, you know what we need to do? We need revolution. We got to break the system. Um, and a lot of that is logical. And I started thinking about it. I was like, man, that makes a lot of sense. And I feel like when you're younger and you have optimism and idealism, you believe you can change the system, fix the system, break the system, because these issues are systemic and they, they take generations usually to fix or to mold or hopefully change. And... Um, and I think my shift towards centrism, it's not that those in the middle don't recognize the issues. You know, I, I think in, in, in some respects, it's like, okay, here, that's the problem. All right, how do you fix the problem? 
oh, you don't really know. Okay, you got to break this. Oh, we got to start from scratch. Like we're, it's, it when it comes to like the pragmatic elements. Like, well, we want A, but we're not going to get A. So let's just settle for B. <laughs> um, you know, and um, so so maybe it's it's this idea of of being realistic or pragmatic or I don't know, I don't know what you call it, but it, it, I I had this revelation. I'm like, oh, they're probably right. You know, it's not that they're not right. It's just that we're kind of like, yeah, you know, you get what you can get. Maybe it's futility. You know, I think it's this. Um, this I, I think I've come to this point where I've, I'm. You know, and I don't know if this is some Buddhist thing or I don't, I don't know what Eastern philosophy is. Just that you can't control anything, so why try? So just go, just go with it. You know, I don't know if that's defeatist. I don't, did I just depress myself? I don't know. But um, but anyway, it's a way of saying like even if you disagree with people, it doesn't mean they're wrong. They're just kind of like focusing on their issues. It's kind of fucked up. I don't know. I don't know if that made any sense, but it's just something I was thinking about and. Uh, these revelations are very, very interesting. Doesn't mean I'm not going to be a centrist, you know, because there's also an element of just being able to recognize that people on the other sides of the issue have a point. You just may, may or may not agree with it. I don't know. I've solved nothing, but revelations are, are fun and addictive. Anyway, I'm going to stop running my mouth. Let's talk about this week's show sponsor. We have a band from Orange County in California formed in 2013. They're a band called Siva. Or is it Siva? I don't know. Now I feel bad. You know, now I need to check these guys. Use it Siva? Siva? All right. I suck. Anyway, <laughs> my apologies uh, to those guys over there. But and thank, thank you to them for sponsoring the show. We're going to play a song called Sapien from their EP, The Forest. Check it out. Oh, uh-huh. 
track Sapien by Siva from their Forest EP, which was recorded, mixed, and mastered by their guitar player, Jake Kalka, at Redwire Studios in Laguna Hills, California. They have a show coming up. They'll be opening up for Wednesday 13 at the Orange County Music League's Monster Mash on Saturday, October 20th. You can check out that and find tickets at sivaofficial.bandcamp.com slash merch slash monster mash and each ticket apparently comes with a free download of their ep forest and uh you can check out the video for that song at at siva band official on facebook and at siva dot band on instagram and they're working on new music for an, another album in 2019 so check that out support them it would mean the world to me. And if you want to sponsor this show, please hit me up on social media. Um, I'm actually, in addition to actually sponsoring this show, there's an offer for you to be a guest on the X-Man podcast. There's only a few days left, and this is through the Bad Wolves Indiegogo campaign. Um, yeah, you can be a guest on the show. You can interview me. I can interview you. We can talk about politics. We can talk about basketball. We can, we can do whatever we want. So uh, whether you want to be on the show or you want to sponsor the show, hit me up or drop me an email at at the x-man podcast at gmail.com remember that's with ex and without further ado just going to give a quick intro to this week's guest mr keith wallen the guitar player and second vocals i don't even want to call him a background vocals because this dude is singing i swear to god half the damn set uh doing vocal harmonies uh for the band breaking benjamin massive band we just got off toward them uh, and you know what? I, I just couldn't. I didn't know any of the guys in Breaking Bedroom before the tour. And day one, they were just the nicest guys. Um, introduced themselves, hung out, would watch us play, giving us amazing encouragement. And Keith is just the man. And he does an amazing George Bush impression. And I do a pretty good Obama impression. And that's how we started our relationship, you know, just cracking each other up. And he's a super, super talented dude. Uh, we kind of talked about his history, which I didn't know a lot about. And um, if you see at the end of the, the conversation, he has a solo uh, band or just solo project. And he just put a song out. So that actually plays at the end of the episode. So, but Keith is just the man, and uh, I really appreciate him doing this. And I, and I like to mix it up, you know, going back like last week's episode, talking to Mike Cools about the old school hardcore scene, and then also meeting new people in this kind of new world I'm entering of the mainstream rock world. And um, because everyone's story is is different and interesting, and I'm definitely lucky to have these conversations. So please check out my wonderful conversation with Mr. Keith Wallen. thought you were coming to some some jabroni operation nah man you know and um yeah i don't fuck around over here jabroni. Right? that's right man as in like iron chic yeah jabroni. man you gotta bring that shit back man the great the great terms <clears throat> never go away you know jabroni. like like a rapscallion what is a jabroni it's just like a sucker you know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> sucker yeah well the thing is man like if you think about when you're dissing people yeah you know you can't, you know, there's only, if you keep going back to the same disses, that's just, just boring. So, you know, I guess you, you gotta go in the grab bag. You, you gotta, gotta get creative. That's what I'm saying. I wanna, yeah. you, I wanna come, you know, like I like calling people dick noses. You know, 
Yeah. It's visual too. Yeah. Couldn't they get real self conscious? They're like, damn, do I have a do I have a big nose that's shaped that's bulbous like a like a penis, a head of a penis? <laughs> you know. Yeah. What's a good one? Pussy butt. That's been going around. Well, that's your guys' thing. Yeah. Right. That was uh, Mr. Rich Fargo. Rich, what, what's that? What's the story behind pussy butt? You know, it was kind of in passing. I think it was kind of like a uh, <laughs> one day he he just looked at somebody. He was like, "Ah, oh, you little pussy butt," and then everybody laughed, and it was stuck. It was that was it. So we're we're in one of your dressing room areas, and. And then this, this is like some insider stuff. People don't really know <clears throat> that they, they will code. You guys will code the uh, the doors so that they, this is so that people can't find you, right? When they're they're like, oh, this is so, instead of saying Keith's amazing dressing room. I, you know, honestly, I think uh, our dressing rooms have been just just kind of boring. You know, it's just been like Breaking Benjamin dressing room. You know, but how do you cool. know which one is yours? Uh, honestly, I don't. You I don't? just walk in. I'm like, oh, this one's not for me. But they're coded. There's this pussy butt. Yeah. We're in, I think, the Dick Nose Factory right now. Yeah. The Jabroni Gym. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. Brian Motor Stadium Administrative Offices. I think that was an, that was another one. Just random stuff. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We just kind of try to. We we had to liven it up a little bit. You know, there's there's. All kinds of other creative names around there. You know, we got Frank's Dong. Frank's Dong. That which is not ours, but it's it's hashtag me too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So so we've been on this tour what it seems like like six years, but uh, I think it's just uh about this tour is what, about eight weeks or something <clears> like that? Or yeah, it's been long, at like pretty much two months. Feels like. Yeah, so we have we have we have a week left and I always say I always like doing these a little further into the tour, we get to know each other. We get to hang out. Yeah, you know, me and you, you know, we see each other in passing. We make jokes, and we. It's not know. awkward. It's not awkward. I mean, I'm awkward enough, though. So you think you're awkward? Oh yeah, like socially? Oh, definitely. <laughs> Why? So much to the point that I just avoid everybody. Mm -hmm. Like backstage, all the other band dudes. But you guys, are, but that's what I'm saying. It's actually, I think, cool about you guys is that you don't. You guys are always around. It seems like hanging out. Yeah, I'm don't pretty you, accessible. Don't you remember we were in but. Jersey and we were like, we it was like we were kicking it on the stoop, you know? We were just like, <laughs> we, we formed a circle and we were just like, you know, we were, we were chopping it up, you know, talking about <clears throat> ladies and talking about, you know, crime, you know, just man shit, <laughs> yeah. you know, push ups, yeah. riverboat gambling. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I, Drill bit sizes, you know. Yeah, you know, the important stuff, of man course. stuff. Exactly. But <laughs> no, no, but I think that, that you guys have hung out and it's always weird i think when you go into a tour and you don't know the the other bands and you, and you have that question all right how how's this gonna go you just don't know especially us because we're the we're the junior and you guys are the <clears> seniors <throat> and you know we're maybe more we're like sophomores and you're like seniors and we're coming in we're like you know our job is like not to step on anyone's toes not to yeah but you know you've you've been around You've been around the scene for a while, you know? I have, but when yeah. you start with a new band, you're starting from the stature of that band, not your, you know, resume. It's, it's like it's like changing high schools on your senior year. Mm -hmm. You're like, you're a senior, but you're like, oh, man, I'm still a noob. Yeah. Yeah. But no, man, I mean, uh, you know, it's been great. Everybody's been awesome, but I still just try to avoid everybody. I just... Uh, I don't believe you. You know, it's a weird thing, because, like, you know, you see... 
you know, you'll get to know some people and then it's, you know, the tour ends and then it's like, you don't see him again for like maybe two years or maybe a festival yeah. like a year later or but whatever. But then it's like you, you, you pick up right where you left off. <clears throat> it's always that weird thing though with me where it's like, man, does, does do I know him enough to say hey? Does, does he know me enough to say hey? Usually they don't say hey back. So I'm like, ah, I'll just. You mean like a text or a call? No, no, or... just like just like in like person. It's just like, <laughs> oh, hey, man. Oh. Well, I oh, say yeah. hi to everybody. You know, even yeah. if I don't know, because me, I'm really bad. You know, some people say, you know, I'm 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 uh, great with faces. I'm bad with names. I'm bad with both. Like, motherfucker, oh, I'll definitely. see a, I'll me see too. a motherfucker straight up like <clears throat> that. I will have done an entire tour. Yo, man, don't you remember that time we was in Europe? And I'm like, <laughs> and I you know what I do? I just lie my ass off. I'm like, yup, I remember that. That was great. Me and you hanging. <laughs> hey, dude. You know what's going on with you and your. Uh, Family, wife, kids. Yeah. You know, you, you know. I, I just avoid that. I try to avoid that. Well, well, you know what I'm waiting for, and I think this will happen soon. It's okay. like on social media. You know, you go on like Facebook, and it's like it has their name there. You know, yeah. you you just start remembering people's names because you see it. Oh, <laughs> oh, you know what I'm saying? Dick Johnson uh, commented on yeah. this, right? And I think eventually we're all gonna have like the Google Glass, except it's gonna be like in our eyeball. And then you're gonna see people, and then like it's like a, they'll have like a name tag, and it'll just it'll just be there. Like you ever you ever work a job where they ever have the name tags or anything, mm -hmm. you know? And then you just that's 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 Dick Johnson over there. Yeah. And now you're saying, why did I pick that name? Because it's a funny name, all right? Yeah. And there are guys out there named Richard Johnson, and yes. then some people are like, hey Dick, let's go golfing. Right on. You know, and that's just a great name. But um, yeah, I think that'll eventually happen where you have. Basically, all their information will come with like height, yeah, likes, um, you oh, know, things, crazy. Things, things of this. Of, of, that of, definitely of, helped. That would definitely help me. Yeah. Know people's names. No, it actually matters a lot. When you know someone's name, you want to say hi. It's like, hey, because remember yeah. when you like me, you don't know someone's name and then you learn it. Then every time you say you like you like lean into hey, it. Hey Jeff. That's right. Jeff. Jeff, how are you? Jeff, man, Jeff, man, it's great knowing you. Jeff, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> Dude, I will forget someone's name. I'm like right after they, I, I meet them. Like it's just like I'm concentrating on the handshake. I'm like, okay, good firm grip. The name's just like, yeah, just floats. And but then, here's the thing, I don't care. Yeah, you know what? I don't care if people remember my name. Oh no, I don't care. Either. Don't care at all. Yo, man, I, I'm sorry. I'm like, dude, it's fine. <clears throat> you know, you can call me Baldy. Yeah. You know, glasses guy. You know, Dick Nose, Jabroni. I'll take it Jabroni. too. Jabroni. You can call me that stuff too. Jabroni's great. It feels good to Jabroni. say. Jabroni. That's right. Start. And the thing is, it's one of those words that you call someone, and if they, you know, if they never watch wrestling, they don't really know that it's bad. Mm -hmm. It just they just think it's like, a, hey, buddy, hey, chief, yeah. yeah. And they're like, no, you're you're a jabroni. You're a you're a fucking buster. <laughs> <laughs> buster. Yeah, that's that's old school from from the streets. But uh, <laughs> I like it. So, man. Um, so despite the fact that me and you've been kind of hanging out, chopping it up, talking man shit, you know, we I don't know that much about you. Um, so you, are you from Pennsylvania, like the rest of the dudes? No, I'm not. I was uh, born in West Virginia. West Virginia. That was, that's why you got that little twang. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I sound like a redneck. As, as I say, real America. That's, what, that's right. That's, uh, that is real America. That's where it's Yeah, happening. man. And then I moved to Tennessee. So, yeah, I went from... Uh, one country place to the to the neighboring country place and so i probably have a hybrid of both kind of accents but uh yeah man from from the south pretty much and uh 
But my mom was from New Jersey, so like in the summertime, well, we I'm would, from Jersey, right? Whereabouts? New Brunswick. Okay, she was she was from Trenton. My so, mother currently lives in Trenton. Yeah. So. Yeah. What what Trenton makes, the world takes. Is that is that a thing? Like back when there's it, a back sign when it, on a bridge, I guess. Oh, it was it was probably a um you know an epicenter of industry back in the day. Yeah. I don't, back know, if it's, in I don't know if it still is. Yes. Yeah, I uh, haven't been back in a while, but uh, we used to go every summer to the Jersey Shore, and so I got my. Beat up, uh, did you beat up the beat? What's that? Beat up the beat. You know about that? When you're in a club and you and you fist pumping, <clears throat> right? Like when you. This no, is, I was ten. Okay, but yeah. okay, if they didn't have clubs for ten, for ten year olds, but if you were to <laughs> stick around, you would learn to beat up the beat. Uh, you know what? It's not too late. It is never too late. It's man. not too late. We can go back and beat that beat. I'm telling you, you got, but you got a fist pump. That's right. So right now I'm I'm, I'm pumping my fist. You can't. So you keep that going. Keep that beat going. All right. So I'm I'm pumping my fist. I'm Party like, people. Yeah. That's right. That's right. All right. What you got to do right now? You got to beat up the beat. Hey, chief. That's right. And that's, oh yeah. And that's what the, the fist. That was pretty good, man. I like that, man. Ah. You know, you, you could be maybe you could be like the secondary host, like you be like my sound effects guy. You can do like <laughs> hit like fart buttons. All and, right. Sure. And you know, you know, little samples. As long as I don't have to use like real words and like really talk, I, yeah. I just do sound effects. I'm That's totally what I'm cool saying, man. You could, or I could just like give you like an acoustic, a keyboard, and you could like almost um, <clears throat> like you're scoring a film, but you could just score my life and like my the show, man. So it's all you know. Because you ever see like they'll 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 have like a video. It'll be like Joe Rogan saying, going on like a, a tangent that's very inspirational. Uh -huh. but then they'll put some like yeah, orchestral yeah. music behind it and make it sound even even more rousing. Yep. You know, that's what you could do for me. I think I could be, do that. I think that, that, would, that would be a lot of fun. But anyway, okay, so you're from West Virginia, Tennessee, New Jersey, all, all, all over. Yep. How did you uh, get with <clears throat> Breaking Benjamin? And how long has it been? Uh, I guess it's been like four years now. Um. I was in a band before this one that was called Adelita's Way. Oh yeah, Adelita's Way. I just saw them uh, at Los Regis. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, yeah, they're still still rocking out. Um, yeah, before that, I was in a, a band called Copper in Tennessee for eight years, and so when that band ended, I joined up with uh, the Adelita's guys, um, a mutual friend of ours, like one of my really good friends, Greg Johnson. At the time, was just. Uh, he knew of this uh, this band and this manager, and he was just like, "Hey, they're looking for a rhythm guitar player. You know, would you want to do it?" And I was like, "All right," but coming from my old band, I was I was the lead singer, and and so I was just like, "Sure, this will be this will be fun." And um, you know, four years later, many tours later, many van rides later, it was kind of a uh, it was kind of um, I don't know. I guess it felt like it was my time to kind of try something else. Um, but those guys are great and um you know still keep in contact with them and um but it just you know kind of felt like man i want to try some new stuff and see what else is out there and um so i worked on my first solo thing and then um i guess remember right when i was kind of working on that uh uh ben hit me up on facebook and was just like hey man um you know let's chat you know i'm kind of looking for some new new players and um you know so that kind of started that whole dialogue and then um some time went by and i kind of was just like well you know maybe it's not going to pan out I, I i sent in some some videos of me playing some of the songs and stuff and i was just kind of like all right you know 
we'll see. We'll see what happens. Not going to put a whole lot of stock into it. But uh, and then Jason hit me up a little bit like after that, and was just like, "Hey, man." Uh, so I guess we're doing this. If you want to come and try out, I was like, all right, well, I'm in. So then, you know, we started the whole audition for real audition. So it was an audition. Process. It wasn't just like, here's the job. <clears throat> yeah, no, it was, it was definitely, um, you know, I flew out there and, you know, they had to see if I could really play and really sing. And, Did they have, um, some other people up for the job? I think so. Um, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't get a call to let you know. Thanks. Guys. <laughs> didn't call me. I wasn't doing anything. I was wide open. Dude, you know, what's up with that? You know, it's all right. It's all right. Hey, man, just just come on up there. Let's let's rock out. <laughs> well, you already got three. You know, three guitar players. No, man, players. the more the merrier. I literally need four. <laughs> you guys have three guitar players, basically three lead singers. You know, you don't really. You know, I think you're you're fine. Let's just need like um, you know, ambassador of enthusiasm, you're like a hype man. Oh man. Hey y'all, pump it up, pump it up. We got motherfucking Breaking <laughs> Benjamin come up. Come on, I said pump it up. Oh man, that would be amazing. You know? I would love that. I could wear like a strange hat, you know? And, Dude, uh, everybody be down for that, for sure. I don't know. I think it, I think it goes against your aesthetic. You know, you guys are very like, you know, your, your ambiance on, on stage is very like subdued and, and moody <laughs> and like it's- It's a know, lot of pouting. We just kind of get up there and pout yeah. for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 fun, man. Um, no, but that'd be cool. Yeah, shit, just run out there and just. I think I'd I would, love to see everybody's reaction. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, what's I'm pretty sure Yoshi would tackle me, <laughs> and I would, you know, I'd be in the hospital soon enough, you know. But I'm, I'm saying we would, it would have to, we'd have to, you know, make sure it was uh, approved by all the right, right people, you know. Nah. And I would, and I would definitely have a towel and like have a because right. I'd have a towel. To wave, but then also a towel that would sit on my shoulder to insinuate, uh, A, that I'm working hard and I'm sweating. And then also, if I lose my main towel, I have a backup towel. That's genius. You know, every hype man's got to have a towel, you know. Yeah. So think, just think about it. You know, put, you know okay. pass, pass that around. Yeah. I'll, uh, well, we'll have a conference. So, all right. So you go from a band, Adelita's Way, who was, you know, basically, <clears throat> a band has like a solid career, you know. Um, you know, get get some radio play. They you know they they tour a lot. Yeah. They're pretty busy. What was the transition from going to a band like that to a band like Breaking Benjamin? That's like a legit arena level headliner, headlines festivals. Yeah, well, you know, we had played a we had played a bunch of uh, pretty big shows with uh, Adelitas. You know, we we were on Uproar in in 2012, I think, and um, you know, we had played all the 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 Wimmer festivals and you know the Rock on the Ranges, all that stuff. So. It was fun, you know, I, I, I knew what it was like, um, but uh, I, I don't know, I felt like, well, one thing, I, lots of people thought that I just quit Adelita's to join Breaking Benjamin, and yeah. that was not the case. It was it was a conscious decision to just step away from that and to pursue other things for a little while. Well, by the way, I, I'll say it's just me saying this. Yeah. I don't think there would have been anything wrong, even if you did do that. Because guess what? I mean, life is a series of kind of uh, crossroads and opportunities and, and things. And I'm sure there's, you know, I've heard people tell me stories about, man, you know, I could have joined this band. Yeah. But I was loyal to this and I've regretted it ever since. You know, I've heard, yeah. I've heard that a, a bunch <clears throat> of times. And I think it's, you know, I think the, the band dynamic, um, especially when you're younger, right. really requires this idea of all for one and 
you, you know, we, we are, it's it's a very together mindset. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's yeah, it's actually a really sure. beautiful kind of a romantic type of sentiment. And I was that way for a very long time. And I think to be in a band, yeah. you have to think about that way. But to be an adult, you know, who kind of has to be beholden right. to yourself and maybe if you have a family or, or whatever, there's certain things you realize that, you know, uh, ultimately if you're not happy then it's not gonna, sure it's not gonna work out you know yeah i think that if you know people are kind of getting in bands to kind of look for the next best thing when it comes up i think that's kind of the wrong approach the wrong yeah. attitude and that was that was not the case for me you know i was very loyal i mean especially my first band copper i mean uh god that was that was my baby and yeah i didn't were you like, did you show that in like high school and things like that or? pretty much like uh in college okay yeah um some college buddies of mine and you know i had i had no plans to you know do anything else but you know man we we saw it through through all kinds of stuff i mean we had six drummers i think over that over that span i mean you know showcase after showcase with label you know so many hit and misses and yeah. close calls and this and that and bands and all that stuff you know so <clears throat> i i definitely uh paid my dues and I definitely was was sticking it out for the long haul with yeah. them but it just it just got to the point where it was just like uh you know I didn't want to be I don't know I guess it was just it had reached it had reached the end you know and it was time to try something else even though it's still not over we still kind of play shows here and there yeah. which is great uh I love the fact that it's still kind of open-ended you know it's are not those like, guys in West Virginia no they're in Tennessee okay yeah and that, that's where you live now yes right on yep what part uh, East Tennessee, yeah, kind of uh, close to Knoxville. Okay. Yeah. I had two. Uh, I had some racism in <laughs> Knoxville. Really? Yeah, we were. Well, actually, there was still back-to-back days. Uh, my old band, God forbid, was on tour with um, Hatebreed, so that tends to draw a couple. You know, there might be a couple They're like Hatebreed. That sounds like that's from me. <laughs> I need to be there. That's where I, I be hating all the time. I should go there. Jeez. So the the one show was in Knoxville. Apparently, there were these two like neo Nazis were apparently following me around, and like it got. In me, I'm just walking around, you know, just drinking beer and having fun, not even thinking about it. Yeah. So I never even approached, but apparently people saw this that were in our tour and then like confronted them. And then like there was a big thing and they got them kicked out. And then wow. the next day we were in Memphis and the guitar player for this band, Terror, and me were, were standing like uh, right side of the stage watching Hatebreed. And there was a guy in the front row, like Zeke Heiling, like doing, you know, and you know, and the dudes in terror, these are like just, they don't give a fuck. They will fight anybody. And so he like, the dude in, uh, um, the dude from terror threw like a drink at the dude and was like, you know, and I told the the, the security guy, I was like, get this guy out of here. Don't, you yeah. can't have this dude cause they're gonna fuck this dude up. So just tell him to leave yeah. or whatever. And then the dudes from terror basically went around to the front of the venue, found, they didn't kick the guy out, they just sent him to the back of the room. Oh, and they, man. Then they, they beat, they started fighting this dude, and then they ended up getting a fight with security, and it was this big, it was crazy, man. It was Jeez. some crazy shit. So, so you know. so Yeah, Knoxville, it's a real good town. Uh, it's great. Uh, <laughs> you know what's funny, though? We always had great shows in Knoxville. Like, there's really good fans Oh, there. man, the fans are great. You know, and our Nazi fans are some of their, our biggest fans. <laughs> they're, they're... Uh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, that shit sucks, man. It's it's, it happens, it's man. you know, you know, horrible. There's no there's no room for that shit. 
Anyway, that's it. I brought the whole mood down. I was depressed. You know, it's okay. Guys, we're going to get past this, you know, because the thing about the climate now is there's no racism. So since then, we solved that problem. Right, right. You know, you know, because Obama, you know, Obama came. He was like, it was like look, <laughs> there's yes. no black America. There's no white America. Only <laughs> United States of America. You know, and then he solved racism. And then we've been good since then, you know. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. I love it. <laughs> I love it. You've done that before on this, haven't you? Please tell me. Yes. Yeah, I've done. I've done the the Obama on, on yeah. here. You know. See, Keith does. So you guys, if you know, you've probably seen me and him do. He does. Your George W. Bush, I think, is even better than my Obama. But I agree. I I, I I disagree. It is it is a it is a poor imitation of Will Ferrell's George W. No, I think yours is actually better than his. I think because you you look. I think you even like. You contort your face, and you can almost make yourself look like him. You know, so I bet you we we found some young pictures of of a uh, GW. Probably would be too too far off. You know. Oh no. Have you seen the the? I don't know if you call it a bromance because it's between George W. Bush oh, and, and Michelle Obama. That's like <laughs> like I think like no one like she would never leave Barack for anyone, but maybe except for George W. Bush. That's really funny. You know. Yeah, that's a that's a it's a cute story. Yeah, it's really. No uh, one would be angry. Yeah, everyone would be on board. <laughs> We're like, you know what? It just wasn't meant to be. Mm -hmm. You know, they just they found each other, in the, uh, you know, it, it just that's that that's love. You know, what would they do? Where would they go? I don't know. He paints. Have you seen his paintings? I have heard about that. You've heard? No, you got to yeah. See, see, they're not. I wouldn't call it high art. Yeah. Um, but I feel like isn't enough dogs. Is that it? Dogs. I know he's painted like soldiers, and you know he's you know he's he's doing his thing. You know. Yeah. Shout out to GW. Or right is that, on. Is that what we call? Was that was that the proper? Oh no, just W. W. Yeah. Sometimes I paint my my favorite breakfast cereal mascot. That'd be Captain Crunch. <laughs> oh my God! All right. See if we do that, we'll, we're just we're just gonna get stuck here. It'll, yeah. No, no, nothing else will ever <laughs> will ever happen. But um, kind of go back to what you were saying about, you know, joining a, a much bigger band. And I know you had, you had done some bigger things, but now you're <clears throat> in the band and, and or I don't know how if it's, you know, with I know every, you know, I don't want to overstate that because with certain bands, it's like some people are, quote unquote, in the band and some people are hired and some people there yeah. are different levels. <clears throat> so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put your business out there about uh, what, no, the, it's uh, all good. What, what the status of, 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 of those things. But, you know, um, is there like you know because i've been in that situation like filling in or playing sure. with other uh, other bands where you're you're in it but you have that you know and even me i still have this with with bad wolves where i'm just like never get too comfortable because you're just like oh it's going really well but you never yeah. know what can what 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 could happen like what was that first kind of um you know just that movement of stature what was that like um Honestly, I didn't. I didn't feel like there was any kind of big, major, you know, uh, change in my life. You know, but people I, didn't treat you differently. That you're in like this quote unquote big band now. I mean, maybe a little bit. Maybe maybe some more people came out of the woodworks that, you know, normally wouldn't have. Yeah. You know, made the effort to make contact with me, which is pretty lame. But uh, <clears throat> you know, there was some previous managers and stuff that were just that basically was like is this true i heard this and i was like yep 
And then they were like, wow, hilarious. And then it's like, hilarious. Sweet. All right. <laughs> That was an odd congratulations, but right on. <laughs> we we really thought you were gonna fail. This is yeah. This is complete. I'm dumbfounded. Well, <laughs> yeah. So no 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 good luck or anything like that. I'm like cool. Right on. Well, you're just you're exactly who I thought you were. Yeah, jabroni. A jabroni. Yeah. <laughs> you pussy but, butt. Yeah. Uh, God, that word's great. Pussy butt. See, the thing is, I, I hear pussy butt and I think of mangina. Yeah, it's kind of like, a, it's, it's like, 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 like a, the, the tuck back, you know? And yeah. You just, uh, you know. But it's just kind of like, you know, it's kind of like frou-frou in a way, too. It's kind of flowery and flowery. Yeah, yeah. I can't even say that word. It's just kind of like offensive, but like Yeah, you can't get soft. mad. Yeah, you can't, <laughs> you can't get mad. Yeah, you little pussy butt. Yeah, see, he's smiling when he said it. It's very, it's very, <laughs> it's meant to be endearing, I think. Yeah. So you had you had some some weirdo managers kind of give you like a a backhanded compliment or yeah not so much like uh, I don't know uh, plus just people I've I've known that uh, you know there's always just like little competitive things and you know little stuff like that where you know I didn't expect any kind of response or any kind of thing and I try not to I really just try not to worry about what other people are doing or thinking or whatever you know I'm just like man just concentrate on you and keep your head down and work hard and do you know do the best job you can and um you know if it, if it works out great if it doesn't you know keep hustling you know yeah well that's you the thing know. but that i think is that same mentality i was talking about that idea <clears throat> of like never getting too comfortable because yeah you, man you've, you've been so and i think it's what's so kind of cool about this show is going to talk to a lot of guys like you where you just realize how many, how much you have in common with other musicians who have, especially anyone who's been like, I'm, I'll be 38 in like a, a month, and so mm -hmm. I've been basically doing music since I was in high school and yeah. touring since I was 20 years old, and like you've seen it all. Well, just had many, had a, you know, my first band, you know, had some success and got out there, did some, yeah. did a bunch of big things, sold a bunch of records, but never quite hit that thing, and then. I thought maybe it was all over and I'd have to do something else. And, yeah. and I kept playing with other bands and kind of rededicated myself. And then finally something is working out in a way that I, I didn't anticipate, but not because I feel like I had some great plan or I had some great scheme yeah. or I was like, I knew this was, it's just kind of like, oh, no. you know, it just kind of, things happen and then people like, and now I feel like people are gonna come to me like, so what's the secret to blank? And yeah. I'm like, I, Lord, yeah. if I just what's keep doing What's the blueprint it? Yeah. to follow to get here? Yeah, there's no right or wrong way. I mean, you know, if I, if I knew, you know, my path would have taken me here and how, how it would have happened, you know, I wouldn't have believed it, you know? Yeah. Cause like, you know, back in the day, you know, you, you, you start a band, you're just like, man, I wanna, this band's, you know, I want to try to get a record deal, and you, that's kind of it. You kind of got tunnel vision on that, you know. Did you, you have like a favorite band that that? Because for me, the, the the band is always Metallica. That's like my oh, favorite dude. band. Hell yeah, that's Metallica. Your, that's your band. That was that was the band. Whenever I was like, you know, learning how to play guitar, and you know, me and my buddies are like, man, I learned this today, and then we, you know, we'd go hang out and be like, check this out. Like I, you know, you know. So it was it was you know. Completely, just like my heroes. By the way, can I can I give you some some notes? Yeah. That you, you hopefully, hopefully, it's not offensive. You guys um do a uh, cover section in the in the in the middle of your set, which I really love. 
and you guys do sad but true. Yeah. So I used to do sad but true with with my my, my cover bands, uh -huh. and there's a couple things. What are we doing wrong? It's two things. Okay. Two things. After the main riff stops, yeah, it's a five count, so you don't have to wait for the snare. So it'd mm -hmm. be like, so like, uh, one, two, two, three, four, five. So there is a count. Yeah. But the other thing is, you got to do the chunks along with the snare. Sounds so heavy. Yeah. So these are these are the ah. little now these are this little. You know, nitpicks. Yeah. Because I'm, no, cause I'm, good. Cause I'm just like, and you know what we used to do? Because we didn't have like a good sound guy. <clears throat> we, actually, we had no sound guy. So, like, on the haze, then like the other, that I would do, hey, hey, that you do, oh, right. yeah, you back, back it up. You have it on the, um, on the, the, the delay. Yeah. I actually went up to the front of the house and I saw it says sad but true. Nice. On the, uh, on the, on the delay. I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah, Mr. Mac. And he does, does a good the, job. Keith does the vocals on it and murders it every night. Oh, dude, thank you. It's uh, it's nerve wracking. It's, it's nerve wracking because then we like we played it in San Francisco, and like they're from there, so it was like, what are we doing? Why are we doing that? Like, and it didn't dawn on me until we were like playing the riff, and I was getting ready to sing, and I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, this is not good. And I was just like, somebody's gonna throw something at me. Nah. But uh, yeah, that's not how it goes. You're, you're playing yeah. one of the greatest songs of all time. I love them. <laughs> You know what? What happened? To, like happened to me is with the Black <clears throat> album is yeah. that I heard Ender Sandman so much. Yeah. When I would actually listen to the album, I would always just, just skip it. Yeah, yeah skip yeah. it and go right to Sandman True. Oh, but dude, if you just disconnect for a little bit from like the thousands and thousands yeah. of times you've heard it and try to just like Hear listen to it clean. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's the it's the basically the most iconic metal song of all time, dude. And it's a Kirk Hammett riff. People don't, not a lot of people know that. The main riff. Oh, yeah. You know, is, is a Kirk Hammett riff. Yep. So motherfuckers will be shitting on Kirk Hammett. That's true. Just remember, he wrote the riff to the most famous metal song of yep. all time. I guess they, they, they tweaked the arrangement a little bit, but. I had to throw a little Hetfield in there, you know? Yeah, man. What would you, what would you do if you met him? Somebody was asking me. I did meet him. I toured with him. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not so grown up things like hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love or hate. 
Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that that uh, has impacted your life, uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind podcast. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. I um I I'm told, speechless. So I, I I filled in for Lamb of God in 2009 and did three weeks with Metallica. Dude, yeah. So you met James Hatfield. Well, I've hung out like I if I if James Hatfield walked in right now, he would he would know me. Dude. But the whole so we get this. It gets even it gets even deeper. Okay. Is that so? For some reason, Lars really liked me. So like I would That's always amazing. hang. I would always hang out with Lars, and I left. <laughs> I was sort of this. So I like um. So the tour was long, it was like nine weeks, and the way Metallica tours they do, two weeks on, two weeks off. Uh-huh. They tour for a long time, but they're not really on tour for a right. Does that make sense? Right, yeah. So I did the first part of the tour, then Mark from Lamb of God came back, but I still had my lamb in it, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna go to the Madison Square Garden show and bring some bring some friends. And I got all my friends with me, I walked through the back door, just like baller status. Oh, wow, I walked is... right in, walked right in, and there's Lars, he's like, Doc, where you been? And I was like, and everyone was like, they just gave me so much yeah. respect. They're like, yo, he just, yeah. I'm like, you know what? This, You've made it. Yeah. But, you know. You have but, made no, it. No, actually, I'll say this, um, you know, not like we're we're best buds or, or anything like that, but they were so amazing. The nicest band ever. They had a, uh, they did a night. Uh, we did two nights in Montreal and they shut down a restaurant. Yeah. Invited only the guys in the band. So it was Lamb of God, Gojira, Metallica. Wow. And. Sat, sat us all these tables and just had champagne and filet mignon and just and just to hang and we and we and it started at midnight and we and we were hanging out till like five in the morning. Dude, that is amazing. You know, that is amazing. And I've never, no band I've ever toured with has done that. We're just like, hey, we just want to yeah. set up something so we can bond as yeah. as tour tour mates. You know. Wow. And that's and that's how. You know, and I remember the first day of the tour, uh, James came came in and literally just to like welcome everyone to the tour and say what's up. And I'll tell you, when James Hetfield comes in, here's one thing you don't realize: he's super tall. He's like six three. Yeah. Um, and he just has like uh, his uh, the posture. Yeah. He just like he just commands respect. You just want to like salute him, dude. You know, and I think all the other dudes are are very chill and laid back but with him it's like and man they gotta know they gotta know that they are just revered well i think like every band guy you know they gotta just be yeah i mean it's used to that it's um you know i i i think and i think that in with with them all their stuff is so accessible because of the documentaries and even, even if you go back if you were ever like a fan club member they would have like these these magazines and stuff where they would they they were the most open band where they just kind of put all their 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 shit out out there and i think it's one of this you know 
kind of as I've kind of moved up and like literally I've I've seen it in real time where yeah. I'm at one level of notoriety for this much of my life and all yeah. of a sudden within a span of a few months like I, like I now I'm like not going out to front of house to watch the shows because it's like becoming more of a an issue right right um not that that but I was saying it's not that it's on that on that level or anything but not for me yeah. I can walk anywhere yeah for some reason the you know what I'm yeah. saying the, the, the whites great. the whites in the bands they just walk around no one knows they just blend with all the white people you know what I'm saying apparently I you know I stick out like a sore thumb I got a big shiny head I don't know I don't know what Dude, it is it's, it's those rad t-shirts man even the other guys in our band like like uh they say they walk around and no one ever recognizes them but I guess me and Tommy for some Tommy obviously because he's got like 17 tattoos and he you know he's jacked you know yeah plus you know you guys you know, you guys put yourself out there on social media. You know, yeah. you guys work it. That's right. Got to, baby. Yeah, this man. Is, this is how, how how it goes. But anyway, no, but um, I think they kind of have an idea about the way they've affected people. But I think as a human being, yeah. you can't really focus on that, right? Like you, because right. Master Puppets is done. Do you know what I'm saying? And the blackout, it's like, so you can't really rest on what you used to do. It's all about what what am I doing now? You know, like you yeah. like like I think that that's a very kind of toxic mentality to be as someone like, hey, I did this thing and I'm important and I have to kind of think about that. I think you almost have to distance yourself from the thought process because it's too big. Right. It's too much imagine just walking around thinking, I have done this and I have I have influenced everyone, and everyone should respect yeah. me. That's a, it's a weird headspace to be in. I know what you're saying. I, I I feel I look at it more so like like I constantly picture like what it would be like like if I met them, you know, like yeah. I met them, and, and then I just think to myself, God, I'm just like I'm just like every other band guy going up to him, just being like, Yo, man, you know, like I totally learned how to play guitar, you know, because of you guys, you know, and I was just like I would just be like the same story, the same thing. It's like that's got to get old. It's got to get. So you know what's actually really interesting is the first time I ever saw Metallica was in 2003, and one of my, one of my best friends, Denise Kariki, was working at MTV at the time and was producing like this um, tailgate backyard party for all the bands, and it was uh, Summer Sanitarium. So it was uh -huh. Metallica, Limp Bizkit, Linkin Park, um, Deftones, and I think Mudvayne, I think was, yeah. was the tour. And um, they, I could have met Metallica there because she was producing a, a segment. Yeah. And I told myself, I said, I don't want to meet Metallica as a fan. I said, I want to meet them as a peer. Yeah. And I and and I literally said that. Like, I don't want to just meet them as like, hey, what's up? I just like, I don't want right. to meet them until it's on, it's never on equal playing field because they're Metallica and, and everyone else is everyone else. But, yeah. but that, I'm like when they see me, they will see me as me, not as just some yeah, person. Yeah. And, and the, I'm not saying I manifested that shit or I secreted that shit or anything, but um, that's kind of crazy how that how that how that worked out. That's amazing, man. Yeah. I'm jealous, super jealous. Well, oh, so by the way, so it goes further, and the, and the listeners <clears throat> know this because they listen to my show. But um, when I moved to LA, I started playing in a band called Mass Mental with Rob Trujillo. Really? Yeah. So it's a it's a band. Um, it's kind of like a super group. It's this two bass players, this guy Armand Cebolecho, um, Benji from Skindred. Is the singer, and then um, the drummer is Brooks Wackerman, who's in a band Seven. Oh yeah, and then they have a DJ called C, uh, DJ C minus who used to play with Corn, and then sometimes Whitfield Crane from uh, 
Ugly Kid Joe will, will come in. And so that's, wow, I, man. so I did this section of songs where we did Black Sabbath and they needed a guitar player. And they were, some, they were trying to get some other people in there. Yeah. They have a guy they usually work with who couldn't do it. So somehow musical chairs fell on me. And so I did that. And that was literally my first gig I did when I moved to, to LA. Dang, man. And Ozzy was at the show. Stuart Copeland from The Police. Oh, my God. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Duff McKagan was there. It was pretty sick. It'd be cool to meet Ozzy, too. I, d- I actually did not meet meet Ozzy, even though he was there. I just hate I hate bothering people. So I'm that's like, sort of, that's what I'm that's always what I'm thinking. I'm like, man, they don't want to. You know, this nerdy dude coming up to him. But the thing is, it's more like what does this is almost like me with like an auto like I've only asked for one, two autographs ever in my life uh-huh. outside of back when I was a kid and you would go to like uh, comic book conventions and it'd be like, oh, it's Jim Lee, like the, the right. guy who drew the X Men or. I'm sure I got like a baseball player, like these conventions where it's all about autographs. Yeah. When I was a little kid, but as an adult, I've only asked for one autograph. It was the dudes from At the Gates. I don't know if you listen to Swedish death metal, but mm-hmm. that was a. <laughs> but that, but that's it. I don't really, really care about that yeah. stuff. But the like, I just want to meet them. I don't. I don't even think about that really because it's not. Is that really a um, a connection? Is it really a moment? What 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 is it really? Yeah, I mean, for, I always, I've always been paranoid that I would meet someone and they would just not be as cool as I would want them to be, or I would that I think they are, and then my whole just image of them and their music would just be ruined because I'm like, oh mm-hmm. my god, I met him, he was a total asshole. Yeah, I've, I've so it's like maybe I should just avoid that. I'm avoiding everybody. I'll just avoid them too. Well, it depends, <laughs> but I feel like there's certain people who are who are. Um, are open to those uh, interactions. Like for example, I, I almost think if you meet could meet Dave Grohl, he would just be cool. And he'd like look you in the eye and say what's up and be like yeah. all about that moment. Especially if you're like, hey man, I play this man Breaking Benjamin. He's like, fuck yeah, I know you guys, man. I heard you. You know what I'm saying? Like he, <laughs> I feel like he would, yeah. He, you know, he's distances himself from this idea that I'm up here and you're yeah, yeah. you're down here. He kind of has this man of the people type of totally uh, mentality, and I, I could just be projecting that on him, but I don't know. Yeah, no, I see that for sure. So I would want to meet Dave Grohl. Let me put that, dude. Same here. I want here's that I want to hang with Dave Grohl. You know, mm-hmm. you'll get some coffee, fresh pots. You know, maybe you know, say, hey man, you you know, this is a drum kit over there, man. I got a got an amp. You want you want to make some noise? What's going on? <laughs> We should, we should oh, write man, a song. Maybe sick. start a band. You know, it's cool. Hey, man, that guy Pat Smears looking kind of old. You know, if you need some yeah. help, you know, you let me know. I'm around. <laughs> Just lobbying. Listen, you got to do what you got to do. But um, wow, we went on a, a pretty big tangent there. That was that was interesting. Yeah, man. So uh, <laughs> so what were we talking? We were talking about people kind of maybe possibly treating you a little differently for joining the band or or not. Yeah, I mean, uh, overall, nah. You know, uh, you know, like I said, I just I, I try not to focus on that kind of stuff, and just you know, hey, if you were if you if you're nice to me, you're cool to me. Hey, I'll be cool to you. You know, no big deal. You know, um, but just uh, really try and concentrate on 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 me and what I'm doing, and trying to be a better musician and a better dude, and just you know. Keeping my nose to the grindstone, I guess, whatever. <laughs> my, um, my penis nose to the grindstone, whatever did, it is. Did um, I heard this, and maybe you can you can confirm this for me or not? That um, 
the newest album you guys all <clears throat> contributed to writing wise is that true yeah um how does so how does that work are you guys new school is it the sending files around on the computer or do you guys still get into a, in a room like bands used to or what what's what's the process yeah i'd say musically we there was a lot of sending stuff back and forth um from our respective uh homes and um you know then we'd get together and kind of talk about it and and listen to stuff and maybe kind of rearrange some stuff in person is ben still the kind of the centerpiece of of making everything kind of work or the yeah, ar arbiter sure. of what gonna make the cut for sure the the curator definitely yeah. uh but he's open i mean i think that's pretty awesome that oh he's yeah open to having yeah. other influences and uh, yeah open and and i mean even more so encouraging of yeah. that like he's like he's please. Like, I, I need some help <laughs> oh yeah yeah he's like please send me all kinds of stuff you know and 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 you know he's in the mindset of just like you know if if, if there's a good idea you know we're not gonna turn it down that's awesome. you know like if you got a good idea let's hear it let's you know let's rock it out and you know and and plus you know with lyrics and stuff too you know that was uh more of a collaborative effort you know because it's a lot of work just coming up with the right words and phrases and all that syllables and all that kind of stuff so uh you know we all kind of jumped in and helped out with that so but it's been great man it's been uh super cool and and, and the album uh, did amazing it sold like you know 80 bajillion copies the first week <laughs> yeah i mean uh dude it's just been um yeah it's been great it's been great um especially just with the, may, the way music is, rock bands, you know, don't get the love that, you know, we used to. So we're really fortunate to, to still have great fans and great people out there buying records and supporting us. And um, that's right. He's like, he's like, he's like, rock bands don't get the respect they used to. Guys, I'm going to tell you what's going on in this tour. All right. Every night we're playing these or these uh, amp, amp or amp, is an amphitheater amphitheater because mm -hmm. there's an H there. Yeah. I say amphitheater. 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 There's you a, know what? I have not thought about that. There is. I know. I'm trying to pay attention to these things. Amphitheater. I'm trying. To, I'm probably saying it a redneck wrong way. Yeah. I feel like dude, it's an amphitheater up there, <laughs> up up on the hill. <laughs> it's it's an outdoor rock show, man. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you, man. They got a, it's got some some aluminum foil up there. That's, <laughs> <laughs> it's over there by the beer barn over. There. <laughs> or, or as I say, man, we're, when we're playing sheds this summer, we're yeah, some, sheds, that's playing it. some sheds, you know. Uh, yeah, man. But no, I'm gonna tell you guys. All right, every night, packed, sold out, twenty thousand, every seat, motherfuckers sing along to every word. So, you know, let's not worry about how Rock's doing. Let's talk about how well you guys are doing because you're killing it out here, dude. This has been um, one of the best tours I've ever been a part of. I mean, gosh, the fans really come out and they, they, you know, they get after it, you know, and it's just, it's been great to see every show, like you said. And, uh, you know, what really makes it fun too is just like all you guys, like, like the other bands and everybody just gets along from day one. And it's just like, man, this is what touring should be about. And just, yeah. you know, we're all out here doing it together. Like, why not just make each other's lives easier and, you know, lift each other up. And I mean, it's just been, um, it's just been great. I mean, and plus, you know, we got this fall run coming too. You know, yeah. I'm stoked for that. Well, I think that's, I think what I heard, and I'm kind of not on the uh, the front end of, of a lot of the, the, yeah, the same. Inf information flow. Right. But I heard that this, this run did so well, they were like, let's run it back. You know, that, so. Amazing. 
Yeah. Amazing. Unfortunately, we, we're doing, I think, four out of the six weeks or whatever, or three and a half out of the whatever tour. So, unfortunately, we can't do all the dates. Oh, I gotcha. What are you guys I, doing? Well, what happened was the tour was supposed to start earlier, and we were going to do the whole tour. And then December, or the end of November, beginning of December, we were going to jump on this um, Three Days Grace oh, Canadian cool. tour. So, we already confirmed that. Yeah, yeah. And then... Out and then the tour, you guys got pushed back mm. from where it was supposed to be. So the last two weeks we can't do. Gotcha. And In Flames is coming on and it's In Flames. So everyone will be fine. I, would, <laughs> I, just, I just wish we were here so we could play with fucking In Flames. It's one of my favorite bands. That's cool, man. But, um, ah, we'll do it again. For sure. Uh, I would. I would love to. I would. I would definitely really, really love to. It's been. It's been so much fun. But um. So what I was doing. So sometimes when I'm, when I'm doing these shows, I'll I'll do some research. Sometimes I'll do zero research, or sometimes I'll just cram. And so mm -hmm. I was. I was actually. I listened to your your new single a couple times. Um, what are you making that face? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so the 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 Keith Wallen. Uh, you know his his. His solo project. Oh man, you know, and it's um, and you said you said it's a little more like kind of on the on the pop side. It's got that um, like you'd be like I don't I don't even know is it One Republic or what Twenty One Pilots? I don't I don't even know. Yeah, what. I mean, ish. Yeah, all all alternative. But first of all, let's all first of all, saying Keith, this motherfucker can sing good. You know, dude, thank you, man. Do, do other things good, um, but um, that's like a it's a total totally different vibe. Is that more? <clears throat> a that's what you're feeling kind of like what you want to listen to or is it more like all right i think this is more marketable like where, where what's where does it stem from from like the kind of the presentation the production yeah. and all that stuff as opposed to like hey i'm just gonna make an acoustic yeah thing or something i mean you know i listen to all kinds of stuff you know i'm a big fan of you know a bunch of 80s stuff synth you know new wave yeah sound and stuff um uh, you know, like that, like the 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 song off that Drive soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, the Kaczynski yeah. song. Yeah, man. Um, what is it? Night. Night call. Night call. Yeah, great song. That's a great song. And it's yeah. got some '80s ass artwork on it. On oh it yeah, too. I I love that shit. And um, you know, and I don't know. I guess plus like every song that um, you know, I'm always writing stuff. But it's like, you know, not every song I write is gonna be right for. Breaking Ben or, or right for, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, just wanted to try something different. You know, I had a kind of a solo release, you know, some years back. And um, that was kind of a, a new thing. That was kind of like a kind of like a piano kind of thing. And so with this, I just wanted to change it up again and just, you know, just have fun and not limit myself to any kind of certain sound and just be f free to do whatever. Do you um are you doing self production or are you work with some people? Uh yeah, well, no. The first thing I did was um this was Allies. This was my first kind of solo EP. That's a 2014. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cuz I, I saw it but I didn't get a chance to listen to it. I will listen yeah, to it. Yeah, that that was my I I did the production on that one and so and so it's very basic. It's like a piano and a vocal pretty much. So I was just like, "All right, cool. I I can't screw this up. At least I don't think." Getting you Listen, I think that's even harder the more <laughs> stripped down it's because you're it's at its basics it's like how good are these lyrics and how how good are how well are you singing and and all that stuff you're you know to me the, a real musician is someone that you can just put them out there by themselves and they oh yeah can, for sure and they can do something and that's you know i'm i'm 
you know, a couple, not that I, I can't do it. I just, you know, I, I feel like I need to be, if I could just give me acoustic guitar and a microphone and go out and play, do a half hour set by myself. Yeah. I haven't really done that. And I'm not saying I can't, I know I can. It's just a matter of. It's scary as shit. Yeah, there's nowhere to hide, <laughs> man. I, I did one of those like uh, earlier in the tour, we had like a day off in LA and I had like a, a like a solo show and um, there was like 50 people there. Yeah. And I was fucking terrified. Yeah, more, way more nervous than playing in front of the twenty thousand, right? Oh, dude, it was like it was like you know silence, you know. And I was like, oh shit, they're really like, like watching every now, little thing. Were I'm they doing. like Breaking ben Benjamin fans or kind of? Yeah, just... there was a, there was a few um, Breaking Ben fans. It was uh, you know a lot of my friends, obviously, you know, from tour our you know tour manager or uh, you know bandmates and stuff, and and uh, which was amazing to have the support from those guys and my friends i mean it's super super great uh and cool of them that they came out to that but uh you know and a couple you know some random people in there too um i'd almost rather it just be just completely random people because they yeah. don't know me from anything yeah i, I hate i there. hate it when it's like all your friends and family right in the front yes. looking at you like hey baby. oh yeah you know? oh yeah and i, I had like a jack like a Jack and Coke or something like, you know, I was like, man, I just, maybe I just need to drink a little bit of this to just kind of shake the nerves off or whatever. And I remember reaching for it and my hand was shaking while I was reaching for it. And I was like, all right, that was a bad idea. <laughs> well, that was me and me when, uh, before our touring cycle started, mm -hmm. the Tommy and myself got tapped to do these, uh, a European press run. But as part of that, the only reason I was really there yeah. was to basically play guitar and we were playing acoustic on radio, on television. Oh, man. In front of, like, we would have to go to, you know, the, the staff of Shazam. You know, I'm playing in front of all these right. people at, like, 10 in the morning. Or like, iHeartRadio. You'd play in front of the entire staff. Yeah. And then it would also be live streamed. Uh, so it's like, hey, don't fuck up. Yeah. You know, it's it's all, living on forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And me and him, I think we got to prepare. Like, we didn't even... Uh, really get arrangements down. Like we mm -hmm. kind of just, it was very last minute. We we got to jam once at my house before we left, and then like maybe the more you know, one day we went through stuff, and it was like, all right, let's see how it goes. And but and the most nervous the entire week, I was shitting a brick. Oh yeah. And then it was really only till you know we. And the thing is, once we started touring, we were doing all kinds of appearances and going and playing all the time. And it was like maybe like halfway through our headline run where it just after a while it just stopped phasing me. Yeah. You know. But yep. yeah, it's 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 super nerve wracking, especially with the guitar, because it's like I mean you hit like a wrong note or you, you fuck something up. Yeah. It's just like, Which happens to me often. Yeah. I just try and just do a bunch of pick scrapes real fast and act like I was just I, that, that was part of it. Yeah. I meant to do that. Well the thing too I know with, with, with acoustic too is how much better of a rhythm guitar player you have to be because you're keeping the tempo and you're keeping a vibe and not letting the nerves <clears> get best of you and rushing or, or or things like that like kind of uh realizing the the per, you know an acoustic guitar is much more of a percussive instrument than an electric guitar for sure it's it's definitely a different you know part of your brain that you're using when you're when you're singing and playing at the same time yeah. it's, it's it's a you got to put some little things on cruise control and it's like okay <laughs> but uh yeah man it's uh 
I don't know. I think I kind of really tried to focus on that whenever I was first learning how to play uh, guitar was to try and learn how to sing and play and, and do that rather than, you know, becoming a shredder, yeah. quote unquote. And, um, you know, there's so many days where, where, you know, especially on tours like this where there's so many good players. I mean, dude, like yourself. I mean, dude, oh, thank you're you. great. And I'm just like, I don't want them to see me play guitar because they will know that I suck. Well, so <laughs> I, I think there's there's different levels because you have like, to me, Jason Hook, which is he's like Jesus Christ of, of filthy of the guitar, he is nasty, you know, just yeah. insane, just a, a virtuoso in my in, in my opinion. And I've um, you know, I had to learn some some of their stuff, and it's it's just so, so insane. So to me, that's like the the peak, and then. Then I feel like there's all the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> you know, and and I know there's a, you know so so many talented people, and it's just I don't really look at things as just like oh well, this person is really good at solos so that makes them a better guitar player. I think it's just about utility. You know what do you what are you trying to do with this band or what are you trying to do with this song? Right. And there's certain and there's so many. You know, like, for example, like um, I'm really blown away by some really great like funk players the way they play rhythm yeah. and kind of like um this guy philip nosland who uh, did some work on the on the bad wolves record he does a lot of pop stuff a lot of r&b stuff and just to see him the way he you know he does like that um like daft punk kind of like like and it sounds like it's easy but when you come from a metal background when you have that stiff hand and you just yeah. can't you know it's all about to me, I get blown away by all different kinds of playing. It doesn't have to just be yeah, someone shredding, sure. you know, because to me, if it's crazy fast and it's all this stuff, I mean, that's fine. But me, I'm like, well, where's the hook in it? Where's the, and it doesn't just have to be like, oh, bending a note and it's feeling and that makes what's make it, yeah. makes it good. I don't think it's necessarily that. It's for me, lead guitar playing has to be, there has to be a why. Yeah. Why is this, this emotive? Yeah, or no, yeah. no, but not only, not only the, the the emotion part of it, but from a um, almost like a narrative standpoint. Mm -hmm. Because to me, a, a song is a story. A song is is going from A to B. All right, we're going we're going on this journey. Why, you know, asking that question: Why is there a guitar solo here? Mm -hmm. And what should that guitar solo do? What you know, some really cool guitar solo. Like I give you some, one of my favorite guitar solos is is this from. Um, the one freedom um mm -hmm. uh, by raging's machine it's just like do 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 like it's so mm -hmm. but it's just it's not crazy but it's so sick you know yeah and it ta and it puts you in a mood and it and it gets you you know so it's almost like from thinking about it from a mood and and a scoring and yeah. atmospheric standpoint of why the solo exists you know? yeah so, so definitely sometimes less is more and it's like you, you know you know he can shred too yeah. and sometimes more is more yeah you know yeah sometimes you know yeah. so it's 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 all about what what works and and, <clears throat> and why and i'm not into indulgent guitar playing despite being someone who has to like like i said well so when i'm doing something that's crazy or faster it's got arpeggios or something it's uh -huh. because of the utility i felt like that's what it required for what was going on in yeah. the song so yeah. Yeah, I can't do that. 
that's all right. You know, I can barely do it. I'm every night. You know, what I'm saying you you never know which one you're gonna get, but which part is gonna be. You know, it's it's like, hey man, my might, might work out tonight. It might not. You know, it's re, re, it's gonna be real exciting for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's wait and see. Well, I just I you know I think in, in in many ways there's, you know, and there's listen. I think that there's always gonna be this back and forth or this fight between new school and old school and. Man, back in my day, this is what we did. But I think yeah. there, there's one thing to be said for now we're, there's an expectation of perfection. And I think so you'll see a lot of younger bands and they're so technically gifted and precise. Um, but then you'll go watch some like Jimmy Page shit from like 75 right. or something. <clears throat> I may have that, that time frame wrong, but um, and it's sloppy. Yeah, you know, for or sure. like some Jimi Hendrix stuff where it's not, it's not precise, mm-hmm. and but they were okay with that, and and there's a charm to it, and I'm like, in some respects, there is the idea of yeah, not being perfect is kind of cool, or or have it be yeah. being, you know, and it doesn't mean you don't try to be great. It's not right. like you don't care, like hey, it's gonna be punk rock, and I'm just gonna hit notes, and yeah, it doesn't sure. matter. Um, but the idea that hey, man, it's gonna be there's going to be a human element to it. There's going to be like a vibe. That's sometimes a vibe kind of Trump shows. I don't want to see just a band that sounds exactly like the record perfect. And there's yeah, nothing robots, else. Right. You know, I want a little, little edge to it, you know? Oh yeah. No, I like that too. I, I definitely like the, you know, like we don't know what we're going to get. Yeah. Like it's awesome. It's like a box of chocolates. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> you said never go, know what you're going to get, man. I just, yeah, man. I just, I just went to the main thing. I'm a suppository of of pop culture. It's, it's my, yes. it's my problem. A cornucopia, if yes, you will. Yes. So we're about an hour in. I think you probably have things to do. I know I maybe have something to do. I don't know. I'm, I know I'm out of coffee, and once that happens, it's like I basically um, there's really not much I I, I can it's time do. Time to re up. But uh, yeah, it might, might might be about that time. And it's hot as balls out there, and I don't want to leave, but. So yeah. it has to happen. But anyway, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Is there anything? Is there for your solo stuff? Is there like something coming out? Or you you want to tell people about this song you have out where they can find it? Sure. Uh, well, first off, thanks for having me, man. Dude, of course, this is, this is awesome. Um, yeah, I got a solo song out called "Summer Sunday." It's on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, the whole. Shebang. Can I can I play the song on on the podcast? Sure, man. I All mean, right. hopefully you don't lose listeners because of it. But no, I will, I will gain listeners. You know? <laughs> we get the, we get the uh, the Keith Wallen bump. Oh is, man, is what's gonna happen? Awesome. You know? Very excited about that. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Just uh, gonna release some more singles coming up after uh, this one runs its course, and um, and of course you know we Breaking Benjamin. We have a new album out as well. So yeah. Well, there's also something else I wanted to talk about. I was, I was thinking about it. I was like, uh, maybe we should do a, a ticket, uh, Obama Bush 2020, and get this motherfucker out of office. I'd say I'm all for it. Uh, one thing I got to keep in mind is the uh, the schedule of my beloved Texas Rangers. I used to own that team. <laughs> Didn't know if you knew that or not. Uh, I did know that, and I... Uh, as kind of something to entice you, I figured you could spend as much time with Michelle uh, as you like, if that's okay. She has a lot of candy. 
Well, hey, hey, uh, as long as she's okay with calling me the candy man. One thing about me, though, she spends a lot of time around me. Uh, gets a little windy. I'm a little, I'm, uh, sometimes I eat a, eat a little bit too much, uh, bread. And, uh, but, uh, I don't know really where I was going with that, but, uh, just wanted to send the warning out to her. But, yeah, candy man, she can call me the candy man. It'd be nice. <laughs> right on, brother. Obama Bush, 2020. Let's make it happen. I remember July. The sun meeting your eyes for the first time. Through the wayfarer glass, by happenstance, we were polarized. As the waves crash down like our bodies on the sand And time swept us away It was never my intention to get you Wrapped up in a hot sun The name of that song was Summer Sunday, and that's a Keith Wallen solo track. A little more on that pop tip, you know, but uh, as you as you can hear, he is a very, very talented guy, and I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I want to thank him so much for coming on the show. That was a lot of fun. I don't think he does a lot of interviews like that. 
You know, it's um, a lot of times you're in a really huge band. Everyone wants to talk to the lead singer. And um, and even though Ben from his band is, is, is fairly elusive, um, you know, I don't think they get to do a lot of long form stuff like this. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I don't really have, have much to, to talk about after that. You know, um, this is probably my last show I'm going to be able to get done, a complete show before I, I hit the road, uh, trying to lock down a couple of interviews before I leave. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, um, hit me up, guys. Let me know any guests you want, anything I should do. You know, suggestion box. Like, hey, Doc, you talk too much. You know, your upper lip smells. You know, stop it. Or just encourage him. Tell, say, you know, Doc, you're great. You're, ki- you're killing the game, baby. You know, I can, I can, I'll take some of that too. You know, whatever you got. Anyway, that's about it. Mom, out. Out, out. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.